This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's up, dude? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, listen, when you texted me and you said we got Spencer mother freaking Pratt on the podcast, I like almost crapped myself. Yeah. I was in Mexico when you texted me. Uh, and I, I, I am so excited because this has been someone that I've talked about for so many years and to have him finally come up and how long have we been trying to get him on the podcast? It's been months, over six months. It's been, been longer than months, dude. He's one of those people that we've like checked in on, but the problem is we were going through the wrong channels. Correct. So I do have to say that we were going through the wrong channels to try to get him on. So what happens is, is all these people in this industry say they represent their client, this person or say they represent that person. Majority of the time, they don't represent this person. Yep. You know, maybe at one time they did, but majority of these people don't represent the people. So finally, I DM'd Spencer, and literally 30 seconds later, he hit me back up and he's like, Hey, man, I, uh, he was like, I'll come on the podcast. Just, you know, I want to come on like at a certain time or I'm not yet. And finally, I reached out to him and he was like, Dude, I'm down for next week. And he, he, he's coming on. He came, he's coming on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm so excited. When we first came up this podcast, <laughs> we were like, we we listed people that we love to come on, and Spencer's one of those people, and uh, now it's finally happening. Because so he so gets the game. He gets You know it. what? Because he gets the game. Not only that, he is the personification of what we do on this podcast, which is humanize and reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. Correct. Would you not say, like, he's one of those people, like, he's not sugarcoating it. He's not pretending that he doesn't do set-up paparazzi photos. He's not pretending that he doesn't enjoy the fame game and all this stuff. And it's like all the things that we expose and I don't expose sounds like such a dirty word, but the things that we talk about that is real Hollywood, he doesn't hide away from that. He's like, yeah, I set up paparazzi photos. Yeah. I've done, I, I knew the game. I get it. So I'm excited to just have him on and be like, you know, did you make a lot of money? Did you do it the smart way when you set up these paparazzi photos, you know, like, you know, I'm just the idea of him getting doing those cheesy photo setups like that changed the game, I would say, oh, when it came to people monopolizing that 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 industry. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. But before we get to him, I'll tell you a quick story. So you were in Mexico this past week. I hit you up with a message saying, hey, we got Spencer Pratt. And you're like, dude, fucking awesome. But this is what happened here. So Michael Rubin had this Fourth of July party. Michael Rubin is a billionaire. He owns a little bit of the New Jersey Devils, a little, a little bit of the 76ers, but he also has a brand called the 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 brand called Fanatics, which is uh, they own mm-hmm. licensing to all different sports brands and stuff like that. He had this huge Fourth of July party in the Hamptons. Everyone's there: Jay Z, Beyonce, Michael Strahan, Robert Kraft, uh, every single rapper to James Harden, like Bon Jovi. All these celebrities are there. Um, all of a sudden. The next day after this party, 4th of July was on a Sunday. Next day, everyone's talking about the party. This is the best party ever. The invitations to the party, there were $1,000 bottle of champagnes to this party. And then all of a sudden, Tuesday comes, and someone um, that I know hits me up and says, hey, man, why isn't anybody talking about the Meek, Bill, Meek Mill and Travis Scott fight? I said, wait, what? Like, no one's talking about this fight? And what happened was, uh, so this is what I know, is um, the a news outlet got 
story, got the idea that, you know, got women mm-hmm. the story. And they called the publicist of Michael Rubin. They said, hey, man, we heard about this story of the fight. You know, what's going on? What happened to this fight between Travis Scott and Meek Mill? The PR company of Michael Rubin says, oh, no, there was no beef. There was no fight. But A-Rod was there, and all these girls were throwing themselves at A-Rod. The same PR company represents A-Rod. Now, if you heard a story about a bunch of girls throwing themselves at A-Rod, is that a bad story for your client? No, no, not at all, right? So they're like, so they think they're giving them some. Juice. So they sh- they shifted the the story focus exactly. So they made it seem like, hey, but by the way, but A Rod's and all these girls are throwing themselves at A Rod at the party because there's tons of models at the party, which first is a red flag. Like, why would you try to avoid this? Like, why would you address this more? Just but in, instead, you're gonna give us a story about one of your other clients. Yeah, it's but this this happens story. all the, this happens all the time. Burn this story and I'll give you a better story or a different story so that you're not out of an exclusive. So this happens all the time in Hollywood. So the outlet gets when they're like, dude, this was really weird how you handled it. Why would you throw us this story that's not even that good? You know, obviously something happened. And what happens is an hour later, they get video of the fight and they go, well, listen, we see this video. It's at one thirty in the morning. There's tons of security guards blowing up, uh, you know, a you know, kind of get in the middle and there was no fist, no fists were thrown, but you obviously hear Meek Mill yelling at Travis Scott saying, I don't give a shit about Travis Scott while I'm breaking them up. And they call back up and say, Hey, well, what about this video? And they're like, Whoa, no, no, no. The PR company. No, no, no. There was just a misunderstanding. Meek was drunk and you know, they're friends. It's sort of like their friends are fighting with each other, which is like clearly in that video, there was some shit going on. So the PR companies, the news outlet was like, fuck that. We're doing this story. And it's just crazy how they tried covering this thing up. And it actually was covered up for 24 hours. No one was talking yeah. about it until finally someone had video. And it's just crazy how that shit comes out. I don't know. I thought that was David, I'm not even surprised they tried to cover I mean, I, literally, as you're saying, I'm like, this is the stuff that happens all the time that no one ever knows about. Like, oh, instead of doing the Brad, you know, Pitt and uh, Jennifer Aniston holding hands photos, instead do this other photos of something of Oprah instead. You know, it's like they just will transition it so that they still get an exclusive, but the one that they wanted out doesn't go out. Exactly. This happens so much. This is the shit that we kind of talk about on this podcast. We always like to say we humanize Hollywood. We reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. So if you like that stuff, make sure you sub- like and subscribe to the Hollywood Raw podcast where we interview everyone from the celebrities to the publicists, the managers, paparazzi. the bodyguards, the, the, the paparazzi. Like we kind of – we make it understandable for you guys because you guys want to know the truth. So do we, and that's what we kind of discuss. Well, you know, you know what I think it is? I think it – it's really kind of like our tagline is if they're on our podcast, they're interesting because that's why we have them on here. We want to talk to them and we think other people will find them interesting. So even if you are going through our podcast and you're like, oh, I don't recognize that name, don't skip it because those are some of the best podcasts we have. It might be a paparazzi. Like, you know, we had Jessel on who is a the royal paparazzi. Such good stories yeah, out of him. You know, Fletcher Green, maybe you don't know the name because you're not into the YouTube pop culture, but Fletcher is Crushing it huge yeah. when it comes to, you know, the Hollywood fix and knowing the ins and outs of celebrity culture. And he's also a paparazzi. So, like, again, if they're on our podcast, they're interesting. Exactly. Uh, before we get to an interesting person, uh, Spencer Pratt, uh, we do this thing where we, where we read your reviews live on air. Dax, tell us why it's important. It's important because this is really the way that, you know, we grow go up on the algorithm with iTunes. 
if you guys can leave a review, five stars, say something kind about us, whatever it is, this is kind of our form of payment from you guys. Because yeah, <laughs> we're this is how we get paid. Uh, no, but we just want more listeners and that kind of stuff. So uh, we're gonna read a review. I got one right here. This one is from CDAL. It says, awesome, just discovered this pod. Great interviewers with industry experience, engaging, and the guests are always top-notch. Excellent, guys. Give me a job. Laugh out loud. So I think I may have read this one, and I apologize, but sometimes <laughs> I can't remember which ones we've done. <laughs> oh, as I was reading it out loud, I was like, I think I may have read that one. Okay. Um, anyway, so thank you, Cedal. Appreciate that. And if you guys... We've tried to make it easy on iTunes. Just scroll down and you'll see where you can leave a review. So we appreciate that. Also, you can call us, leave us a message. We've got the phone line up and running. It's 833-HWR-LINE, 833-HWR-LINE. Yes. Uh, so with that said, Dax, I'm so excited for today's guest. I'm so excited. Tell us about our guest. So uh, today's guest is someone we have tried so hard to get on this podcast and it is finally happening today uh we first met him on the tv show the hills back in the day uh where he met the love of his life heidi and uh, a couple of known became they became known as spidey he was on the celebrity get me out of here wife swap and now on the hills reboot for mtv mr spencer pratt Spencer, thank you for coming on the podcast. We've been trying to get you for a long time, reaching out to every single person who says they represent you, and we find out they don't. So it's been uh, it's been kind of wacky. But I want to let you know something. I, I told you before you came on, we want to kiss your ass because we think you are so intelligent, so you are so beyond media has become today you know D dax and i were both at tmz dax actually was looking at your photos from when you and heidi first started dating dax tell them about your relationship as oh no as dude i i am so excited about this conversation because spencer I, I i don't know if you ever got to see any of the tmz episodes but i was the photo guy at tmz for 12 years so my job was going through all the the paparazzi agencies and finding the photos, and every time I'd go through PCN and there would be a new photo set of you and Heidi doing something ridiculous, it was the highlight of my day. I was like, gold, this is going on the TV show, this is exactly what I want, and I, and I feel like you two were the pioneers of set up paparazzi photos, and people didn't appreciate it. Like, it was always like the fun thing to joke about it, and people thought you guys were ridiculous, but you guys were pioneers and now people are trying to emulate that today and they can't pull it off like you guys did back in the day. Well, thank you for purchasing all the photos you purchased. <laughs> I uh, thank you so much. Uh, who was the video guy? Also got to thank. Shout out whoever was in charge of video. That was Max. Remember uh, Max? Was I, the guy with oh, I don't. I, I don't forget Max. I don't forget Max. Uh, no, I definitely watched the show. I mean, I I used to message Harvey asking to be on the show. I was like, I'll work there, please. Like, I, and he's like, What are you talking about? I was like, Please. <laughs> um, why do you leave is the real question. I all due respect to everything you're doing now, but it's like, I think, oh, no, I, I think was, Harvey was, and TMZ are like still the most powerful thing on earth. It's funny. Cause I get asked that question a lot and it was like, it was 12 years. I was ready to do something different. There was, there, there wasn't really a, a next level up to go. I was already managing a big team. So it's not like I'm going to take over Harvey or Charles job at the end of the day that they were the ones running the show. So I was like, you know what? I'm tired of, talking about all these celebs, I want to talk to them. And that's exactly what I'm doing on this podcast is I get to talk to people like you or Larsa Pippen or 
you know, Mark Cuban or any of these other people that I talked about all the time. Now I'm getting to actually have a conversation with them and get to, you know, know a little bit different aspect of their lives. And that's what's kind of been fun for me. Does Charles have that much juice there? All due respect to him. Is he like. He's one of the executive producers. Yeah. He's been there forever. He's, is he yeah, like, a, deal is there. he, was he like one of Harvey's first hires? Like, is he like that level or he just came technically, in? Technically. Technically, I think I've worked there. I worked there longer than Charles. I got I got the job first, but he came. He was a already executive producer over at Extra, so he moved over oh. to TMZ. So he had a lot of a, a lot of clout in the entertainment industry already. Dang, he's good. Okay, well, we'll stop talking about TMZ. This Hollywood Raw podcast, but <laughs> you know, a lot of my fame is because of TMZ or was because of TMZ. TMZ, all due respect, has fallen off. It's gotten a little too. You know, oversaturated with a lot of faces that don't belong there. But, you know, like <laughs> it used to be so hard to get on TMZ. All due respect, right? To TMZ. It used to be. It, like, it, you know, it, it was, was really hard. It was like, like if you got a post, I think it was like for three days. I'll be like, oh my god, we're on TMZ. <laughs> and now it's like, but, so okay, way so easier, same way same thing here, uh, Spencer. Because back in the day, it was like we had to find these either video clips or photos or something to find interesting to pitch out. And if it was interesting, it makes the show. So with you guys, you would do something. I would love the photos. My enthusiasm about the photos would sell them. And then your craziness or cheesiness or whatever it was in the photos, I mean, it was just gold. So every time I saw something pop up, it was like, all right, this is going to make the show today. Well, I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, James Aliot, who is British, that was one of the owners, I think, of PCN. He was a top top dog there, but he came from the British fame magazine game and understood that. So uh, he would always be like over the top, like you know, the magazines. Like we were always trying to do our setups for England because, like, he felt like that they would appreciate it more, and the hills was big there. So like the over the topness you know, all the photos and the cheesiness came because he was coaching us on the British tabloid game. And then, you know, then it became like, oh, we can use this fame hoary energy in the US game, like to like more of a mocking spider, which is like all good, great, as long as you're buying them too. But in England, they get the shtick more is what he would say. And, and so we'd always play up for that. So James Aliot, OG, you know, he put me on game. So I'm not gonna lie. I thought that those set of photos and the cheesiness. I thought that was your guys's idea. That 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 wasn't even that was that was the paparazzi owner's idea. I would. He was a coach. We were the players. You know, like he he was he wasn't he wasn't on the set of any of the shoots. We'd just be on the phone and be like, you know, hemming up him like whatever his little. You know, yeah. I got what he was selling, and I was like, okay. So you know, I mean, obviously, he's like get. You know, he, we'd be like, it's Easter. He'd show up with his pap and they'd bring the props and the the bunny ears. And, you know, Heidi, I would bounce around like bunnies. He's not there saying like bounce around like a bunny hop, whatever, you know, that's, you know. (laughs) It was was brilliant, brilliant because like you said, the U.S. market hadn't seen anything like that before, whether or not it worked over in the U.K., the U.S. market, I don't think, had seen anyone do this, and that's why it became such a phenomenon with you two and the fame whoring or whatever you want to call it. And it, people love to hate, and I think that's what made you guys such good reality stars. Is people love to hate, and so to have people go, "Oh, they just want the the fame," 
And the other people go, no, we love that they're like this. I mean, it really, really worked before anyone else kind of got into that game. I had the best idea. I just didn't figure out how to monetize it. But at one time I had like, I forget what the website was. It was like hatespencerpratt.com and you could come in, you could just click a button that, you know, that would be like how many, like it was my own Us Weekly poll where you could just click in like how many people could hate me. But it's like, I didn't, I had that, but I didn't think about like selling ads on it and like, you know, really, you know, monetizing it. But like, that's how much I was like, this hate thing is the funniest, like, you know, and then you get more polls and more clicks. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing on the planet you know <laughs> so yeah i i definitely played into it but the one thing i shouldn't have done is you know it was good on the selling the paparazzi photos getting the rally tv checks but i never thought about how it hurt like on you know it didn't hurt some brands but the, who knows how many doors i didn't get open because oh then people hate them or heidi got that also because of me like just side money. But then again, there wasn't that much for reality TV. Like nowadays with influencers, there's freaking money everywhere for them to try to mm-hmm. grab. So that, that would be in retrospect, the one part about like embracing the like hate me energy is that it, it may be there were opportunities that didn't present themselves that brands, but I don't even feel like brands were trying to work with reality TV people back then. So. Maybe not. Yeah, but yeah. you saw something because at that time, you know, I guess roughly around 2006, maybe I could get the years wrong. People are running away from the paparazzi. Britney Spears is crazy, kind of taking her umbrella, hitting the paparazzi and hitting her car. But you took advantage of the media in a good way. You're like, I'm going to use this to my advantage to build my own personal brand. And people start to like you and were interested in your story and your storyline. What did you see in the media or what did you start to notice with the headlines? You're like, man, we could actually capitalize on this stuff with the paparazzi. So another one of my mentors, Peter Grossman, the photo editor at Us Weekly, he he helped ghostwrite our How to Be Famous book. He was like, I was on the phone with him every day, picking his brain. He was another coach all along, you know, you know, expert. And he'd already been in the game top level for 10 years doing Us Weekly. So he pretty much schooled me on how dumb everything was and to just run with it, like in the sense that like, Like, he's like, you know, what's real. Heidi knows what's real. Like get as many of these covers get like, I mean, we got a, I think a half a million dollar us weekly deal to literally, I have them framed because I still am so thankful for them where they're going to put me, this is back when us weekly is doing 3 million subscriptions a week. Like that's Drake level numbers in the market, platinum albums in front of everyone. And they're going to pay me. 150k per magazine to put us with some all due respect to them some dumb little line like oh like uh, i was betrayed by spencer like that's one i'm reading right now or why i called off my wedding i'm ready to say i do like baby <laughs> like just these like the, i'm getting paid you're putting me in this and then maybe there's some negative stuff in there who cares so he put me on game in the sense that like don't ever get caught up in like, and that's the problem with so many of these people uh, before they didn't even want to work with us weekly pre Spidey. You weren't getting Angela Jolie speaking to these magazines, Jen Anderson speaking to these magazines. I'll argue with anybody. I, I used to buy them. I had a su- subscription. It was always a photo of them. And then sources say they were not talking to the magazines like Heidi and I started doing and giving them stories and making stories. So um, and then with the paparazzi, like I used to look at their gear and their cameras and I'll be like, 
if I wanted to hire somebody to take my photo with that $3,000 camera, like I'm paying money. So if I just, whether, you know, I definitely did setups, but even if it was any paparazzi, I'd always make sure they got a shot and Heidi would always smile. We give like, you get it. And then if like, I knew they were following us, like, this is what we're doing today. Like, if you think that's worth your gas money and, you know, you know, feel free, but you could just meet us over there. Like, I don't care, but I don't know if you're going to be able to sell that. Like you have those type of lines of communication with these guys. Like we never had anything like, you know, everyone's like, they're the worst Popper. It's like, these guys were all just trying to help you be famous, put you in magazines, get you on extra entertainment tonight, TMZ, put you out there. Not only that, um, with an expensive camera, like this is pre iPhones. It's like, you don't even have that camera. So I never understood the hate and I always liked them because I felt safer around, you know, cause I was the hated guy. And I was like, man, a lot of these guys like me, I'm getting these guys paid. Like if somebody tried to roll up on me, there are three of these guys are from Brazil with black belts and in jujitsu. And like, I, these are bodyguards also. So I looked at paparazzi so differently. And, you know, that's one of the saddest parts I, why I hate Instagram so much is they killed the paparazzi game and the tabloid game. And there aren't, paparazzi everywhere anymore and it is now so much more like staged like now everyone's doing setups because these paparazzi can't afford to you know be around town driving so i'm pretty upset with instagram still we we say the same thing we we talk about some of the biggest stars out there is there anyone that you've seen do a setup that you're like I never thought that would person like my person was always Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I was surprised Mine's when Katie Holmes started doing setup. Yeah. I never thought that way because I was in I knew that Angelina and Brad Pitt set up the their first set in the desert. Like I Peter was in on the setup with the the pap. He was there for the magazine. So once you hear Brad Pitt, that's when I was like, I'm calling all like green light, my two favorite fame hustlers are setting up their like cheat pretty much cheating like confirmation relationship set up stage photos. So that I never was surprised and, by anyone after that. I was and, like, and we talk about this all the time because people don't realize that this is normal. It's, it, it is a common thing in the entertainment industry for celebs to set up photos. I don't know why it's a taboo thing. There is such a give and take with the paparazzi paparazzi are keeping them relevant, keeping them in magazines and, you know, they need that to, when they're relevant, that's when they're booking movies, that's when they're booking TV shows. And so I don't understand why it's a taboo thing to set up a paparazzi photo shoot. Well, now, everyone does. Now it. it's the dumbest thing ever because every celebrity literally sets up their own photos on Instagram, social media every day. It's like, oh, so that's not, you just posted a photo, you doing something in your kitchen and put it out to social media. But if you were to confess, photographer photo agency to take the same photo and sell that to outlets instead of literally knowing that goes free everywhere and they just write at instagram yeti who like sources it for them like it's just so dumb so i don't even play that game and it's just celebrities um that's why i have a love-hate relationship with celebrities because they want all the uh they want all the fun part and then they want to play like they don't want it that they're too like they're so method they want to act like oh i don't even like being famous like i do this for the art then go do it at your local theater you you know like no you do it for the money you do it for the fame you do it like so that but they can't say that because then they think the audience which which nowadays audience i don't think cares maybe back then they did more but now you're 
everyone you're trying to sell to films themselves all day long. Like everyone's a reality star now on social media. So I never understood that. And I, and I also knew that all these BWR and all these firms that they're paying 4,000, 6,000 a month, they're calling the paparazzi. So maybe they're not, I would never call the paparazzi, but you pay someone $6,000 a month to call them for you and inform them where you're going to be to get photographed. So then it's like, yeah, technically you don't call a paparazzi. You pay somebody to call them for you. So, but that's the other. So even if you don't call, I love it, these. Dude, I just love these that you, gems of honesty are so great. You get it's it. So refreshing. It's so oh, great. So good. It's refreshing, but you understand it, and I appreciate that. And I have to say, I, I'm based in New York, Spencer, and I've only shot you in New York City one time. It was actually after the you were doing the press for. You had crutches, right? Didn't you have a broken something? Yeah, you were going through – you were going to Condé Nast or some magazine. It was an afternoon, and you were at the MTV Publicist. You guys were in a van, and of all the cast members are there, you you and Heidi were the nicest. You were like just like excited to see me, and honestly, as a fan, I was like excited too, and you guys were so like going out of your way, and the MTV Publicist – was trying to get you guys to keep moving, but you guys were like so nice and so appreciative. And I appreciated that. And then to hear you have this conversation and hear you talking about this, it makes me appreciate even more because you just understand the business and you understand the journalist side, the paparazzi side. And you like, you understand we're just trying to eat too. And you know, again, we're trying to make you look as good as possible either. Like I wasn't asking anything fucked up. I was trying to make it, you know, look good. And I was literally, I was there to promote the show. And of course the MTV publicist is like, ah, keep going. Keep on my guys. I'm the biggest, one of the biggest media you're going to do all day. Like, you know, like just understand it, you know, but it's just, it's, it's hard to just keep, battling this thing until these people start to realize it and i always like there's nothing that like you can ask the worst thing ever and i go oh no comment i don't want to talk about that but praddaddy.com so it's like even that's your job to even ask those things that people maybe that's being written about like i wouldn't even take offense when paparazzi would be like whatever they say but like that's you somebody your job told yes that so i never even i mean most every one of our vacations uh we had a paparazzi with us pretty much traveling with us that's how much we appreciated like so asia my paparazzi in Kauai, is like one of my good friends now because he spent so many like my dad and him are buddies and go surf now because when you sp- go around trying to hit that many stage shoots and different outfit changes and locations you're pretty much on a vacation with people like we've had every vacation a paparazzi from whether it was Mega, Splash, PCN, um, Backgrid, like there's so many paps that are like literally we're on vacations with Heidi and I. That, like we're we would get margaritas with, and if we had nice bottles, we would drink. Like so, we understood the game from like how much we would I would quiz what photos when the business was doing well, how competitive it was. So I mean that's how inside of the game like we were at one time. I bought a freaking camera and I was like, I'm going to start papping fools. Cause I was like, they're making more money at one time than actual talent for a minute. It was crazy. I just hope how, you how much appreciate- do you think? I, no, I was, hold, so I was, I was just, just going to ask. I just want to know. I hope you appreciate how much we appreciate you being good to us. You know, and I only speak oh. as one of the members of the community, like, because we deal with so many assholes when we have someone like you who gets and understands this and just like nice to us because we have a lot of assholes and not not all of them are assholes, but someone like you understands. We appreciate just as much because some people think we're bottom feeders. I'm like, dude, I mean, my YouTube comments, people are constantly shitting on me. But it's like when you have someone like you, it's like I appreciate that. And a lot of other guys do. So I hope you just know that. 
Oh, they, yeah. And I mean, it's no brainer. It's like you were filming me trying to make me more famous. Like, uh, hello, breaking news. Like, yeah. t- team player. <laughs> how much, Spencer, how much do you think you've made off the paparazzi and selling your photos? Because I think that part is where I think you are really smart. There's not a lot of people that, you know, would either get a back end deal or something. They just go, oh, I hate paparazzi. They don't want them around. But I'm like, no, you could use them to your advantage. Oh. And they can make you money too. And you don't have to be specific. I'm just me. questioning, e- has over, it been over, over a, million? a million? Easy, easy. Wow. Like, I mean, this is how, this was the hardest part of, so when we quit the Hills, this is how much money we were making from selling our photos and like stages that we were like, we don't even need MTV. We have the paparazzi. And like what we didn't understand, which now if I had a time machine, uh, the paparazzi was part of the Hills machine, like that and that drama and all that stuff. They all go together. The reason why everyone, you know, takes photos of Kim and all the Kardashians is Comcast. They're part of this huge thing, pushing them all over the world, airing and all these things so that like the paparazzi photos go to Australia because the Hills airing Australia, going to England, all these uh, markets, the Hills was like, you know, keeping those paparazzi photos relevant. So that was the hardest reality check. You know, obviously we moved to my, you know, Costa Rica, unplugged out of the game. Then we moved to my parents' beach house in Carpinteria. Like we didn't stay, you know, all due respect to Courtney Stodden, but like that level of hustle that she was on for back in a minute, like we left that game, you know, and I mean that in positive, but where you're doing, going around thinking everything in the game. So we didn't keep doing that, but we were making so much money that I thought we didn't need TV because of we had paparazzi money, which, interest, which wow. then fizzled. Like, you know, every now and then, you know, some money, but not the industry changed. Then that too, like I, I don't know what year Instagram launched, but that that was just glitch in the matrix. Yeah, so I wish celebrities didn't post. Like, Instagram shouldn't. Like, here's I just talked on this this Ringer podcast about the two thousand threes or whatever. And I was like, celebrities lost the plot. This is what I was telling. I've said to Heidi, and she's like, you're so right. Celebrities used to only try to be relatable once a week in stars, just like us. One photo, like some dumb thing to look like. That was all you were supposed to be, just like us with the little photo. Like, they eat ice cream like us. (laughs) Not like, I don't want to see your Instagram grid looking just like me. You're a hundred millionaire like go look famous, go, your Instagram should look like a famous person where it's unattainable. Like, I don't want to be like, I want to pay $45 to watch your straight to digital movie now because you're so freaking cool and rich and famous star. Not because you eat the same popcorn as me and brush your teeth like me and da da da. So that drives me nuts that all the celebrities turn into reality stars. Like they used to make fun of reality stars as like this Z list thing, and I look at every A lister now, minus Ben Affleck. He's a, he's the guy's the man. He can pull it off, but he, you know. <laughs> but I look at them all as like Z list. You are all reality stars. You you put too much out there. You film everything, and you're just you talk too much now. Like you're you're Spidey. You're so they're all they all turn into Spidey. I do re- I, I do agree. There is some aspect of being oversaturated. I think that's why Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't want to have his photo taken, doesn't do like the social media because he's like, the time I want to give you is on screen. Like I was shocked when Jen Aniston joined Instagram. I'm like, you're so far above Instagram. What are you doing on Instagram? Like, 
we, we don't need you on Instagram because we just want to imagine what your life is like, not actually see it play out. And don't get me wrong. I, I follow her and I no, no, enjoy I the follow, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's weird because she's so famous. That, yeah, I mean, I get it. Sorry for all these beeps. I don't know how to turn notifications no off. I've tried a million times. Um, I get it because now brands like Smartwater, they will pay her however much if she does an Instagram tag with Smartwater. Where I get the business sense side of it, but you know, as a fame person, I use Leo as an example. I was like, that's why Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not um, my B day. Your birthday ID. I thought her birthday was September 15th. <laughs> um, she just texted me my B. I was like, uh-oh. Um, so, um, so yeah, Leo is so good at that. And But he also comes off not – like some stars try to do that, and it comes off like, oh, get out of here. You better be Leo-level famous to try to play that. Benicio Del Toro, another one. I don't know what he does. And he even had a baby with Kim Stewart, you know? Yeah. 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 So wait, what's what's Heidi's birthday? Now I read this. It's usually September fifteenth. Now let me see. <laughs> yeah, I just googled oh, to make sure. It, no, it, she sent me shoes. She wants for her B day. So uh. it, it just said my B day exclamation point, and you couldn't see the the shoes in it. Wouldn't that be great if on the podcast she didn't realize it was her birthday? That'd I mean, somebody just told me that I said my age was wrong in a different in the Heather McDonald podcast. They messaged me like, "Hey, just so you know, you're turning 38, not 39." I'm like, "Thank you." Who's like a celebrity that reached out to you that really you're like, "Man, this is fucking awesome." That A was either a fan or B was like, "Dude, I respect what you're doing. I respect how you're kind of changing." Oh, zero, zero people, but the coolest person in person. <laughs> Um, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, we've seen him three times now and he comes up to me and he's like, what's up cousin? He's like, everybody says you, my cousin, I always say, you know it, Pratt daddy or whatever. I was like, are you really telling people that? Can you say that on video? please?" But, um, so he's as cool as it gets in person. I rolled up on Ben Affleck, uh, at Huckleberry early morning, all due respect to him. I don't know if he was hungover. He that like, this the moody look like he was in. I was like, this could go either way. Cool as possible could be. Did a video. I was like, I love you, Ben Affleck. Wait, so, did he recognize you? I don't. I don't think he had woken up yet. I think I had stopped him <laughs> from getting his coffee. Like it was early. So, and I don't know. I think he was just like, hey, fan. I came in so hot, like a super fan. I don't think that. <laughs> I probably thought I was a paparazzi. Um, so so Ben Affleck, Rihanna was as cool as could be back in the day. He was so nice to Heidi and said how much she loved Heidi. So Rihanna, oh, obviously Taylor Swift is like the number one best Spidey supporter ever. Really? Sends me the freaking Taylor Swift exclusive cardigan and stuff before A-listers held Gunner backstage. When you know that her rep tour, she had like the special place where like, um, like a big star was there. Who was the big star at the rep tour that had to go? What's up, the, Heidi? That had to go in the um, no, way bigger. Like there was off in the, I don't know. She had superstars in this little waiting area to oh, see. In the waiting area. And she and she didn't even have us go there. She had us go right to her backstage, so like. So Taylor, number one, definitely. Wait, was, um, was she like a big Hills fan or like what made her uh, such a big fan? We, fanny, we right? met her back in the Hills day a couple of times with her mom at cut, you know, but 
I was so like, you know, gone thinking I was Tom Cruise that I didn't even appreciate that it was also she was just starting to pop. She was right when she was dating Taylor Latner and they were on a date there. And I was more excited about like seeing Wolfman. And I was like, you're the wolf kid. Like, so like, I didn't even give her the credit that was due at that time. But no, when everyone was coming for her with the Kim Kanye thing, I was on my Snapchat when I was getting 8 million views and I was Snapchat of the year and like the number one views, like crazy views. I have fake, I have a all screenshot for evidence one day. If anyone doubts, I was getting 8 million a snap. Um, and I was on there like Taylor Swift riding so hard. Cause I felt like that hate that I used to get and they were trying to put on Taylor. I was like, no, I'm not letting this happen to Taylor. And then, so she invited us backstage to the tour and her and her mom were like, thank you for getting Taylor's back. When all these people that were supposedly her friends did it. And I was like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm Swifty. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome, dude. You so, know what? But no, I, no I, celebrities ever said like, great job, Spencer, for teaching us how to be famous. I don't see why not, though. I, I feel like you guys well, are ready for a good story. The way. Yeah. Ready for yeah. a good story. I'm ready. This is how I knew we were doing it right. So um, Tom Cruise was promoting, I think, Mission Impossible or something. And this is when uh, like Heidi and I were as famous as you could be. Like USA Today poll, I, I framed that somewhere it is, where it was like Heidi Spencer, Brangelina, Tomcat, like this was a ranking. And I remember that poll. I was, legit remember it. Five, yep. I almost, if I had tattoos, I would be tattooed on me. <laughs> um, so Tom Cruise is being asked about, um, you know, people still bring this up to me and my friends. Like, you remember that day? I'm like, yeah, I remember that day. And there was a big monitor behind Tom Cruise and it was just showing montages of Heidi and I doing stuff. And then they like interrupt him whenever he's talking about Mission Boss. And we're like, look behind you. Do you think you should, Spencer should give Heidi a big wedding or just a low key? And like the look on Tom Cruise, he's like, he played it off and he's like, Spencer, give her the big wedding or whatever. Da, da, da. Like a couple <laughs> weeks later, our publicist, he was naive thinking I wasn't our publicist. All due, all due respect to my boy, Rick Rhodes, you know, Rick Rhodes at uh, Cohen and Wolf, uh, who was like a firm that did like Taco Bell and like big brands. They didn't have like people. Uh, he calls me. He's like, and he was like our best buddy, you know, like drinking buddy. And um, he's like, Spencer, you won't believe it. I just got the call from Tom Cruise's publicist. They just doubled my, you know, fee, whatever, which was a crazy money they're bringing me over to be on Tom Cruise's team. Like, I'm sorry, I got to take this opportunity. I was like, it's TC player. You got to do that. Like, duh. And he gets the job. Two weeks later, they just fire him. It was just to get him. They thought he was like so powerful and doing Spidey. And like, we were being more famous than Tomcat. Their play, I don't know if Scientology who did this, but they hired him, double paid him. And then he didn't do it. He hadn't even started there, you know, like, and then once it was like the like time and then he couldn't get his old job back. Cause they were like, you just quit. Like, no. So they literally murked out our publicist. Thankfully, all due respect to Rick Rhodes, he didn't do anything, you know? So it was like, Oh, you didn't do it. You need to hire and fire me, buddy. But that was crazy. So I knew wow. Tom Cruise was like, you know, that dude, like, I, I love this conversation so much because Adam and I are our biggest publicists and we say this all the time and we're like, what's the point? Like you, you did the same thing. You were your biggest publicist. We have a, a, a Hollywood is filled with publicists and agents and managers. 
And it's like, car if you don't hustle your own game, you ain't going to do shit in Hollywood. It, oh. It's so true. I always, I always smile when people come up to me like in air one and stuff. This happens recently too. And, and they're like, I want to give you my card. And I'm like, Oh, what do you do? And they're like, Oh, PR. And I literally like, I'm like, I'm good. Thank you very much. I do my own, but it's like, I want to be like, how disrespectful of you thinking I need you. I never heard of you. Are you Tom Cruise? I don't know who you are. So if you can't even make your firm where I look at you and go, oh, my God, you're Joe Schmo, the biggest publicist in the game. Like, until you're there, I don't want your card. All due respect, all these firms. Uh, also, what I learned is, like, when people want to work with you, they will find it. Like, with this podcast, I yeah, other people have tried to reach out and were like, Hollywood, raw, and all due respect. I was like, uh, and then you DM me and we're, like, putting that energy. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. But, like, third-party stuff, I never even – like, I don't care if it's like until somebody who's involved with it is reaching out to me, then I'm like, oh, okay, uh, you know, so that's even how I operate. Like, yeah, and yeah, I, I, yeah. I want to put this out there so people know when how I got Spencer on this podcast, I DM'd him and said, Listen, I said, uh, what's your email? He's like, Dude, just DM me, it's totally fine. You don't have to email me. And he showed up on time, you know, whatever. He showed up on time five minutes late, five, five minutes late. It was, <laughs> I was helping, I was helping England <laughs> yeah. recover. But you know what? I respect that, and honestly, you know, and I kept telling you because I've been trying to get you for months, I was like, Dude. We're your biggest fans. Like we support you. We think you're so ahead of the curve and you've been so intelligent and changed the game for a lot of people, including people like, you know, Kim Kardashian, which tell me if I'm wrong. Were you approached by Chris Jenner to potentially manage or represent Kim? Uh, so this is what I love about the Kardashians. Uh, so uh, before I even speak on that, when I said at one time, which is true, Kim was at one level was organizing Heidi's closet on the hills and getting edited out and didn't even make the cut. Then People Magazine ran like Kim's team said, this is absolutely false, blah, 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 blah. This never happened. Thank God. The one time MTV, I don't even know if they meant to back me up, but we're like, wait, do we have that footage? Like maybe a couple weeks later, MTV release unseen bonus footage of Kim K organizing Heidi's closet. And it's like, and it just shows you the game. Like you literally just lied to people magazine. Didn't even check with, you know, anybody. Kim could have told you, yes, I filmed for the Hills. Maybe she forgot organizing the closet or whatever, but all good. Like I'm not, that's what your job was. It was a professional. That was a cool, you got paid a lot. You got paid. Yeah. Yeah. You got paid a lot. That's freaking. There's a girl, the Netflix show that does that. Like everyone's always, Como or Kona. I don't know. Yeah, people yeah. always like, you got to get Maria Kona. Maria like, Kondo. Exactly. It's like, yeah, this girl's a Netflix show. It's a big, so I wasn't even being shady. So rewind all the way back to the Princess of Malibu. We have, you can go watch it on YouTube. I've, I actually think I have it in my favorites because I watch it over and over sometimes just to like remember that feeling. You, they <laughs> zoom in on Courtney and Kim's face. This is their first time they'd ever seen a reality show. At our show, Prince of Malibu, invited to our filming. They are nobody, all due respect. They're just girls from the valley. Their eyes, you can see them twinkling. You see the magic dust hitting their face of when they realize this is, we need this. I don't know if it was three days later, a week later. I remember being on the freeway, on speakerphone, with Brody as my witness, driving call from Chris Jenner. Hey, we want to do what you're doing in Malibu with Bruce. And uh, this was not, I'm not shading Caitlin. Yeah. I don't know how this works, but we're now talking about Bruce is Caitlin is Caitlin. Now this was Bruce. Then Bruce 
Um, and she says, I want to do with my girls and have you produce uh, in the Valley, like our own show. And I'm like, right now our show hadn't been canceled because Linda Thompson and Dave Foster haven't been divorced. So I'm like, <laughs> I have my own network Fox show. All due respect. I grew up in Palisades. Again, the Valley was very different when I grew up. It's like, Oh, the Valley. Oh my God. I wouldn't <laughs> even go in the Valley. Like, you know, like this is literally a mindset. Like I grew up with that. Like, Oh my, so I literally was like, they want to do a show with the Valley. Like, uh, I literally like that stupid. Like, and like, I'm like, uh -huh, we hang up, Brody. I'm laughing so hard. Like a reality show with the Valley, <laughs> you know? So good for her. She then calls up Ryan Seacrest who had the first look for, because of, you know, what, uh, the red car done. And at the end of the day, like I really thought about it a million trillion times. I don't think the Kardashians would have happened with me, even if I had like brought in whoever I was producing with at the time and needed Ryan Seacrest to champion it along, be in the building. You know, Ryan's a superpower. So I'm sure he was doing so much that I wouldn't have done to keep it when maybe they were going to cancel it. Him like, no, no, no. Like I wanted this to, you know, so as all the regret I have, you know, about, that call, I truly have thought about it a million times, and I don't think the Kardashians would have been the Kardashians without Ryan Seacrest. But I've also thought about what if I had called Ryan Seacrest and brought it to Ryan Seacrest? Like, I got the guy. I can't do this, but I'll take a cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, so the one thing that I wanted to ask you, because you became famous as a reality star and you know how hard it is to maintain fame in this industry. Do you look at the Kardashians? Like I look at it. I'm so impressed because I know how hard it is in this industry. Do you look at it? Are you as impressed with the Kardashians as like I am? Because I think like the general public kind of shits on them, but I'm like, no, oh, you don't understand oh. what they have done is a miracle. I mean, like I'm broke right now. It's impossible to even make money as a real, like, like the fact that they Kim's about to be a bit or is a billionaire now, or Kylie's a billion. Like these people are history book level. Awesome. But I, as a Swifty, I have to hate Kim obviously. And you know, tell, <laughs> tell she apologizes for setting up uh, Taylor, but uh, well, Chris is a freaking genius. Like Chris could have been, I think now looking at things like she could have, started WME with Ari Amanda. Like she could have been a power agent and, you know, so, cause to manage those personalities and continue making success with so many, like the fact, like all due respect to them, like that they haven't been canceled for so many different things with how sensitive everyone is nowadays. And you just, just think like, I've watched every episode of the show, things that they've gotten away with that, but then again, I've said a million times, I would be as rich as a Kardashian and I would be a Kardashian right now if Viacom had got behind Spidey the way Comcast got behind that family. If you have a conglomerate that's like, okay, we're in business with them for 10 plus years, like this is going to be, you know, then I would have at least $500 million right now. If Viacom, CBS, keep in mind, Heidi and I spent $2.7 million of our own money on her pop album getting all the superstars, anybody that connected to superpower pop music to do her album. So it's bulletproof. Yeah. Maybe not live performance, whatever, but streaming downloads, you listen to it, bulletproof mixing all the Grammy winner engineers. 
and we had Tom Moskowitz, president of, what was he president of at the time? He became president of Warner Music Group, but he was president of Asylum. So like one know. of the big ones, big, like Interscope or something? That level, he then, but at the, he was a president of one of the biggest record labels in New York. I'm totally blanking. Atlantic, Atlantic, Atlantic. Um, and he was like our boy, like he was like all in on the project and he was calling Viacom like, Hey, we want to put this behind this and do this for the show and bring them like, no, we're not touching Heidi's music. We don't want to follow that. And he's like, I'm giving, like, I'm a conglomerate. You're a conglomerate. Like, remember what you did with Ashley Simpson? We can do that times a billion. Cause that show wasn't even close to what the Hills is. And it was just boom, black, but like not even. So right there alone, we could have got to the Lady Gaga money because we had Lady Gaga appeared on the hills, performed at a little fashion show and was able to boost off of that to get like, that's how popping 5 million views meant back in linear TV at that time. So knowing that I'm like, okay, yeah, like I was robbed of at least a hundred million dollars in music that Nobody has the president of a label calling over the president of a of Viacom and they're like, no, we're not, we're not doing music. She she fake works at Bolt House. Like, how stupid do you think this planet is? She's in cover of every Us Weekly, the interns at Bolt House for like, no, she worked there for five minutes, season one. Like this not breaking the fourth wall, but letting LC have fashion lines. So the control of like LC can make millions, but Heidi and Spencer can't make millions. It was, it was shady. And so uh, yes, long story short, the Kardashians are incredible so, in the, that they can, but I mean, it's just, they have magic dust. Look at Lamar the other day commenting. And then Tristan's like, you already God brought you back. Don't play, play twice. And you're going to, you know, like, talking like he's a gangster out here. Like, dude, you're a millionaire NBA player. You're talking like you're in the big U documentary on like <laughs> gangsters in LA over here. I was like, this is too good. It was like my favorite comment in, in so long. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Today's episode is sponsored by direct hemp. So we need to talk about them for a little bit, you know, direct hemp, it's like the Amazon of CBD slash hemp. You can choose from dozens of products from multiple brands and get everything shipped in one convenient little box right to your doorstep. So you order everything online directly from Direct Hemp's website. They also have descriptions and icons on everything on the page that explain exactly what you need to know about the product. It's super simple. Yeah, Direct Hemp vets each company and their products on a list of six criterion points, safety, quality, compliance, innovation, charity, and culture. When directhemp.com considers a brand to bring to their website, they do a deep dive into the company, meet with people behind the brands, and get a full tour of their operations. Yeah, so you can feel super safe. But not only that, Direct Hemp carries the best CBD products at the best prices and truly something for everyone. So Direct Hemp carries a wide variety of CBD products, including topicals, edibles, lotions, gels, sprays, creams, concentrate. Basically, everything is what I'm getting <laughs> to. Direct Hemp carries products for specific needs. You know, if you have a focus area including like stress relief pain relief energy relaxation sleep aids and so much more orders placed before 11 a.m ship out the same day orders are dropped off right on your doorstep 
Direct Hemp members get free shipping on every order. You can also set up a subscription for your favorite products to get them automatically sent to you at your convenience. And if you have any questions, you don't know what you're doing, you can always contact Direct Hemp's customer service team 24-7 for product recommendations or just any general questions you may have about CBD. They can help you find the perfect product that's right for you and your needs. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Follow on social to learn more about all of Direct Hemp's products and sign up for their emails to get all their educational articles sent directly to your inbox. They offer free gift cards for reviews. Ooh. <laughs> let's get a, let's get, let's place a review. I'm doing that now, bro. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get back to Spencer Pratt. So wait, why wasn't Viacom behind you guys? Why weren't they, was there a reasoning before? Because I think they'd already been in a partnership with LC at Cole. Like, I think it was some deep, like money power struggle with they want to why why not go for all of it like why you don't have to limit to just lc go with everyone make it, as much money as possible i think they thought making the start like acknowledging that they never acknowledged we were famous during the show like when we were the most when we had 40 paparazzi outside they didn't feel like so that's why the also the kardashians looked so much more famous got so much more famous is their reality show showed the paparazzi taking their photos when they so that was the biggest problem with the hills that i thought break this fourth wall show that like these kids in hollywood are popping like middle america sees 40 paparazzi as you go into area like and then go to the table and has the same drama you didn't take away from the petty stupid drama you just you heightened it like i care about these people they're celebrities so that was you know if i could figure out who stopped that i'm not saying I would be writing Tristan Thompson comments on their post, but yes, I, I don't, I don't wish bad now, things did, on them. Did you guys have any say so when the Hills came back of things that you wanted to change or things that they could do better? For instance. So here's how the Hills came back. Another biggest mistake in my life. So um, when I was Snapchat of the year, getting the most fame, popping, hanging out with Taylor Swift, getting that the most fame I've ever had in my life, writing for Cosmo every week, doing a Cosmopolitan live show on their Facebook. MTV reaches out and they were like, we want to give you, a, this is when they were putting in big money into digital. They gave me a show called Spencer Pratt Will Heal You. Spent way too much money on the production. Like we only needed one camera and I think we should have spent all that money on like marketing and YouTube ads and like talent that we put on it. But like I had a bigger crew than I just had on the Hills. Like, so they were like in the Spencer business, giving me the MTV account to go live on uh, for every week for an hour, whatever I wanted to do. Then they started flying me every Monday to go when TRL was still happening. It's like four years ago, the last season, probably flying me every Sunday night, first class, suite hotel, and then having me do TRL le uh, recaps on Siesta Key, my favorite show on MTV. The executives call me in, top executives. They're like, Spencer, we want to give you and Heidi a reality show about your life. Dumbest thing I ever said in my whole life probably was in that moment. I said, let's bring the hills back. They're like, the hills? No, we want to do you. Like what you got. I'm like, and your crystals and all this. I'm like, no, no, no. We got to bring the hills back. And they're like, Nobody will do the hills. I'm like, I start calling people in the room. I get Brody on the phone. I get Audrina on the phone. Start texting whoever, like I'm who I'm like, whoever. Like I'll get people on the hills, and they're like, I don't know. Like we don't know about bringing back the hills. Um, 
they now deny this happened, but I have emails that like, like about it. So I don't know why, because I think they don't even want to give me credit, which now I don't want credit because it's the worst show ever. So you keep credit for the Hills being back. That's you, not Spencer. Um, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, and I should have said, let's go. My life is so entertaining. I want to make a hit show. All my friends want to make a hit show. Why would I bring back all these scrub freaking bootleg bench warmers that don't even want to put in the energy and want to image craft and not make a success? So, But my goal was to be Jersey Shore. I thought maybe after 10 years of all these people not being famous, not making money, they would get Jersey Shore energy and we could build a franchise together. And I was thinking long term. Huh, boy, was I wrong. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But I, I so, learned a lot, a life lesson. Spencer, Heidi, back to like priorities. Like, what, why am I worrying about trying to get Brody famous? Why am I trying to get Adrena famous? Who are these people? Spencer, Spidey, my son Gunner. So it was a great, you know, because I'm not giving up the grind. So now I will never pump up another person that I don't think me like, no, Justin Bobby, he's so great. Let's get Justin Bobby. Just BS, 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 trying to like, no, I will keep it 100. You'll never catch me lying again about anybody trying to make them look entertaining to build a franchise. So when do we get the Spidey? Oh, we already started filming. We started filming. Oh, Oh, yeah. This is great. We're on week three. Fuck yeah, dude. This is is great. They have MTV Viacom has the first, first look or whatever, but yeah. they passed. It's not even now. There are so many platforms that you come to the table with what I'm coming to the table with, like Snapchat originals, Facebook watch, IGTV, uh, Patriot. Like now it's like you bring heat. You have the show. It's like the day of linear TV controlling where you're spinoff. Like if you have a squad, like all my employees, I have 12 employees. They're the most entertaining women on the earth. Like they, they, they want, they are thirsty. They want to be famous. They have drama. They are drama. Like that's what you need. You need people that want this, like that's success in Hollywood. People like you were saying, you have to be your own publicist. My team's texting me every day. When are they filming this? Why are they filming this? What are they like? Oh, this is this is what I'm talking about. Not like pulling teeth out of here to get people boring as hell trying to like, it's crazy. It's crazy. So it's this just, is, it's, it's, this it's, is exciting news. I oh, like this. I, I, I yeah. sorry. I didn't, I didn't know this was going on, but I, I think that the world hasn't, this is what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for this Heidi and Spencer yeah. reality show. Like, Fuck the other characters. And, the, oh, and there's no yeah, fourth. Like you guys are the no, two entertaining ones. There's no fourth wall being broken because there is no, this is a, this is a simulation show. Our camera operator, cause the girls love him. Cause he's like, we have two of them. They're like young, it hipster, cool guys. And all the girls flirt with them. They're always trying to FaceTime, like come film. Me. I was like, you two are on the cast. Like when we get this really going, the new crew comes, you two film. This is meta. Like, <laughs> You will be filming, but your cast member is putting the camera down because the girls love our camera operator, directors. I'm like, and they're stars. And, you know, so I was like, this is the show. You know, I'm FaceTiming the executive producer, Alex Baskin at Evolution. I'm putting him on speaker like, and he's like, how's the shoot going? And I'm filming, talking about And I'm like, well, any suggestions? He's like, we need that. Just make sure your characters are being themselves. And like, just like, it's so meta, but it's like, this is what the audience wants. Like to hear the top dog producer explaining what makes hit TV and to making sure we're capturing that. Like, 
Yeah. This is great. So season, so right now you're in the season two of The Hills. Will there be a season three of The Hills? Oh, I, I will be surprised if they air the rest of this season. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the day MTV's like we're just not airing the rest of the season. Like, and why? And why do you think it was so bad? Because the cast, the cast came back from COVID with these like versions of themselves. They wanted to like Instagram post their live. Like they thought the cameras were there to like promote their little like. Like the cameras are there to follow your real life. So it's not supposed to like you image. This isn't a filter. This isn't how you want to look, what you want out there. You're, these aren't skits you're performing. We're not acting like, so I think that, and then the producers had nothing. So they went with nothing because there's nothing there and it just turned, looks like that. And so, um, yeah, it's all the cast. I don't blame the producers. You, they have a hit with Beverly Hills housewives, it's the same people, same like, what's the difference? Oh, the cast. Have you have you said that to any of them when you guys were? Oh, filming? I was yelling like, at I was yelling at all. Guys? I was yelling at all of them. One of the cast members recently just said, complaining. Yeah, Spencer would say like, "That's never gonna air." Why are you even talking about that? How dare him? Like, and then it's like, no, I was trying to tell you stop wasting this money. This is these are people's jobs. People here want a franchise they are here because they believed in this show they don't want you to hear trying to slang your little product like they want real like so yeah i was 100 that's why everyone turned on me so crazy because i was calling them all out like like i'm not even playing pretend with you idiots like stop this like i know what you're really thinking i know how you two really feel about each other i know what really happened with you two but if i bring it up Oh, Spencer, he's always trying to make drama. He's the bad guy. It's like, I don't care enough about your storyline and helping you anymore to even, yeah, if I was like, if it was my show and it said executive producer, Spencer Pratt created by, then I would have literally been like, hey, Audrina, how do you feel about Kaylin? Say what you really said about Ashley. Oh, Justin, and you and Brody, you two hate each other. Can we talk about that? I would have done all that, but I'm not getting paid more to do that. I'll just that's it. You guys don't want to make a good show. Fine. I'll wait this one out. Bye. You know? So that was where I got with it. Like I know what's really happening and you guys aren't filming. I know what's really going on in your guys' marriage and what just happened and allegations and who Brandon's friend said did what. And I know all this, but do I care about bringing all this up? No. Cause you're all going to be like, Spencer's a liar. That never happened. Anything I did bring up. It's like, he just makes things up. The guy, it's like a bunch of idiots. Is it weird having to keep people like Brandon on the show because he's more than 10 years younger than you? Is it weird having that kind of... No, because it made sense. I was like, okay, we got a ringer coming in. He was supposed to come in. He was he was saying he was going to bang Audrina to the producers, and that would have been, oh, we got a young guy hooking up with Audrina, and now maybe Justin and Brody are like, who's this guy? We're, our storylines are with Audrina. Da, da, da. So, I mean, I see the logic. He Did he deliver? No, because he wants to be an actor. Not once to be, he is an actor. I'm sorry, Brandon, he's acting. So if you're trying to do two things, you can't be a serious method actor and be a reality star. And I think he realized that and somebody told him that too late in the game. And he was like, oh, I'll just get these easy checks because no one's calling me out for that. So I get it and I can't hate the player. It's the game, you know, and good for him. He'll continue acting and he'll definitely won't be doing reality. But I did find it so funny the other day. Uh, when it was, he got announced on deadline for some project and it said, uh, like where it shows your like past works and it's like the Hills new beginnings in parentheses, like, dude, you're famous for a reality show. 
You know, you know, I think his dad had it coming, all due respect. Yeah. So I got a question for you. You obviously have gone on the record saying that you guys have spent a lot of money over the years. What do you think was like the one thing that you spent too much money on that you're like, I wish I want to spend money on that? Security. I was spending Security. like I was spending like ten thousand dollars a day on bodyguards. Like I did, I think it was a the media. Day? Hundred percent going to Vegas, oh. like we'd have an entourage. Everyone's a thousand a day. You travel, travel fees, first class tickets. They're all with us. Hotel suite. They ate with us. I'm cool as hell. I'm not like putting them in bad anything. Everyone like thankfully, all these guys still love me, and you know, know if you ask Big D or any of these famous bodyguards, Jack Spencer and Heidi, the greatest people ever. So, but no, I should have literally just got one off duty sheriff, like and spend a thousand when we go out and, you know, cause it was worth it to be secure. Nothing ever happened to us. You know, we never got robbed, nothing, da, 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 you know? So, but that was the most money. It was just security. Was it partly the appearance you wanted to have the big entourage because you were a huge reality star? That, and I was wearing Jason, the Beverly Hills, $50,000 watches and I wasn't buying them. He was giving them to me to, and you sign something that's like, this happens, like you're paying for it. And you know, the necklaces with the dripping dye, you know, we were going into his Jason before Drake even knew he was when Drake was still on Nickelodeon. Um, so, you know, it, I didn't want to get robbed, you know, cause it, I sense. didn't own the stuff. If I'd owned it, I would have been like, eh. Um, so yeah. And Birkin bags, it's, it's definitely the look too, of course. And I never thought we'd be not famous. So if we were never not famous and I would have been smart and I would have never got robbed like Kim Kardashian. So it, you know, well, I, don't, I don't think you consider yourself not famous. No, but I mean, not rich famous. Yeah. Like Kardashian famous where, because like as famous as the Kardashians are, like there's nowhere I go where I'm not taking photos. People aren't coming up to me. I just don't have the money with it. Yeah. It's funny you said it because I, I can't remember who it was, but someone had said like, that's the hardest part about Hollywood where you can be so famous, but if you don't have money, yeah. it's like, it's tough. Kid Rock said like, the hardest oh. thing in Hollywood is to be famous with no money. Well, thank God, you know, not like organically, I started selling crystals because it was a real organic thing that people actually want to buy. And I do have the best ones. So that ended up becoming bigger business than anything. So the fame and the platforms and the audience, I was able to monetize. So Without the crystals, I would be tripping, like, like, oh my god, I'm effed. But now I'm set for life. Wow, Re- so you're, crystals you're, are you're, setting you're, you for life. Pratt oh my, my first year on Pratt Daddy was two million. My second year, one nine during the pandemic, and then this season of the Hills because I didn't do any Pratt Daddy and it was all Hills filming, Hills trips was our worst uh, business ever. So it showed me TV is irrelevant to my actual finances. Like I don't actually TV hurts me when I'm in my office, slanging crystals on Snapchat, going live, doing all that. I make millions. When I do TV, I make thousands. I make reality money. Interesting. That's interesting. What is, it just explain to me. So a lot of people see you on social media with the crystals. What for people who aren't familiar with the crystals and what they kind of do, the energy, the auras around them, what, what is it? How did you get involved and what exactly should you feel with the, with the crystals? 
So back in 2009, I was eating at Bay Cities. I've told a story a bunch. So if you're listening, you heard it. It's the story. We're at Bay Cities waiting. If, you, if you've never eaten at Bay Cities, go eat at Bay Cities. Get the uh, Godmother. It's on Lincoln. Uh, we're, it's always it used to be like 45 minute wait, hiding there, waiting outside for our Godmothers. And I look across the street. I see this huge white rock. I don't know anything about crystals. I'm like, it looks like a dope, big, you know, X-Men looking rock. So I run across the street. I'm like, I want to buy this thing. Here's my card. I'll be right back. You know, figure it all out. I got to get my sandwich. You know, he runs it. Boom. Run back. Uh, I get a call. This is when I used to have business managers. Shout out Barry Siegel. <laughs> Y'all, I think he's the biggest business manager in the game. That's the type of money I was making. Like I had now I don't obviously. <laughs> um, so Barry Siegel's team calls me. My business manager is like, Oh, there's fraud on your credit card. I'm like, excuse me. And they're like, yeah, this, this, this rock shop just said that they just, that we called and we got it canceled. And I was like, what are you talking? No, I bought that rock. And they're like, well, they said it was $65,000 and $10,000 delivery. I was like, what? what are you talking about? The rock was that much money. And they're like, yeah, but don't worry, we cancel. I was like, no, no, I want that rock. I like that rock. And they're like, you want to call back? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I want that rock. So I, that's my first crystal. It was a 3,000-pound quartz crystal that I was told was from a volcano in Peru. I don't believe that now that I know more about crystals. I think it was just from Brazil and a mine. But great story. I was picturing it like floating in lava. I was like, oh, <laughs> this has got superpowers. So... um. Then I felt like that crystal started like tr like tractor beaming crystals into my house. So then all of a sudden I just started buying so many crystals. At first I was like, they just looked dope. Like I wasn't like, you know, and then I started reading about all of them and I was like, what, this has these powers. And you start reading about how ancient like civilizations and cultures all over the world believed. And then you start connecting like all these people on these different plant parts of the planet all believe this stone did this. So you start being like, okay, I believe that. Da, 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 da. you know maybe i didn't feel it yet because i was so hyped up on just fame and just excited every day and hustling that i don't think i was uh grounded enough to even feel any energy from a crystal because i was lit um so then heidi gets her plastic surgeries and the painkillers were not working it was tragic the most pain i was like oh my god freaking out i'm googling everything i'm like shit, maybe there's a crystal that will help with this because I'm all over the house. I'm like searching. I come up with one that says like for surgical pain, whatever, Sujolite. So then I go around the city. I find a $15,000 like museum grade chunk of Sujolite and I give it to Heidi. She holds that, sleeps all through the night, no pain. And people could say, oh, it's placebo effect. No, no, no. The amount of pain she was in, you're not going to just go hold a rock and go, Oh my God, I feel better. Like <laughs> I wish. So I was all in, turned into Harry Potter, started getting crystal wands. <laughs> like no joke. I would open crystal. I'd use my crystal wand and open portals before I'd open it. Like if I was walking into Giorgio Baldi, I would open the portal and then I'll go through it and I'll set the intention. Like we went so deep and next, like you can't live on earth level we went. And then I had to like come back from that after a few years because you can't be in society and like have people, sure. you know, they, they would have Britney'd me. I would have had a conservatorship if <laughs> I had kept on that path of crystal energy. So, I can't wait for this reality show, dude. This is the shit I want to see. Yeah, I want to no, see portals being opened. Yeah, oh no, Please. when we were in Brazil or when we were in Costa Rica, 
I took all these Lemurian crystals and I made this big grid. You could call it a coincidence. I make this big grid of these Lemurian crystals. Each one's like 3,000, 3,000. Like these are, nobody can try this because it's so expensive. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe when crystals are this expensive and this rare and you do this many in Costa Rica, all of a sudden, full on lightning storm, boom, blows out the Four Seasons Costa Rica generator. All the power goes out. I, they come with flashlights in this hotel. I've been around for nine years. I'm like, has this ever happened? They're like, no. I'm like, it's my grid, my grid. <laughs> oh my God, Heidi. You know, next thing you know, uh, in the lightning storm, Heidi is my witness. UFO, rainbow UFO, shooting around, blasting through and back and forth through the lightning. I'm like, oh, this, I am tapped in here. I am like, so, you know, and then real talk, you can say conspiracy theories, whatever. Black helicopters started following me in real life out of straight up out of that Will Smith movie. Uh, I forget what it's called. Men in Black? No, 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 no. Uh, with Shia LaBeouf. Uh, oh, um, God dang. Uh, no, not Shia LaBeouf. The Will Smith one where he's like, he has the bug. His guy from college puts it in his pocket. He's got the chip. And then the NSA is like chasing him. Oh my God. What is that name? Uh, I'll figure it out later. So black helicopters are coming to set. The Gemini man? No, that's, we're talking 90s. It's like, uh, it's really like Tony Scott directed it. Oh shit. I don't remember. I robot. Anyway, no, you get Will Smith. I, I'm just going through it. all of them right now. There's so many movies. Uh, so black helicopters hovering above hill sets where production would get shut down. And they were like, what is going on? Tinted out pods on the bottom. And I, so I was like, it's my crystals. Keep in mind, I was collecting meteorites at this time. Real story. Ready for this? You want to believe in conspiracy theories? Get a knock on the door. Two guys. We're here to inform you that you need to get rid of all your meteorites. They're radioactive. You need to get, Heidi, watch this happen because I'm buying up all the meteorites because I'm nobody's spending this type of money. I was making the hills, buying all the meteorites and everywhere. So two guys come to the house and say, your meteorites are radioactive. So I got rid of them, obviously, but I was sleeping with them by my bed. And so I, who knows? I was tapping into aliens. Um, so yeah, so I got really into crystals and then I kept buying them. We ran out of money buying them and Heidi's like, you can't buy any more crystals, but I'm addicted to buying them. She's like, you have to sell your crystals if you want to buy them. And I was like, I'm not selling my crystals. And I was like, what if I buy a bunch of crystals and then I get to keep the ones I don't sell? And she's like, I don't care what you do as long as you sell the crystals. So that's how (laughs) prouddaddy.com started. And I got to say, cause I'm on the website right now. The stuff is beautiful. Like this is like, you know, I think people, when you talk about it, may have a vision of just like crystals sitting oh, around the house, are, but it's like specimens. beautiful necklaces and like amazing jewelry that you are selling on PrattDaddy.com. Oh, no. I, I, I mean, gorgeous. So, so my carvers have been doing this for 40 years. I bought them out of the gem show world. They've been doing it for 40 years, hand cutting all their material. They've been sourcing for 40 years this stuff that's like you can't even get now material that's been mined out. And I went to them. I was like, I want to buy your entire inventory. And they're like, no, no, we've been doing this 40 years. I was like, here's my number. You guys are in your set sixties. You can't do this forever. Let me be your guy. And then like three weeks later, they called me and they're like, 
okay, we're going to retire and, and carve exclusively for Pratt Daddy. So no, like I'm giving this stuff away. Like for instance, this gem silica carving that they just sent me, I'm like, I'm keeping this. I'm not selling this for $500. And my carver's like, she's like old elderly lady. Sorry. She's a senior citizen. If she's listening, I'm sorry. I'm shading you. Um, and she's like, she's like, well, I mean, if you want to put it up for like 4,000 and just, I'm like, you were just going to let me sell this for $500, Cindy. What do you, what do you mean? A, yes, it's fourth. It's gem silica. What do you mean? 4,000. You just said 500. She's like, well, I mean, I don't know how to price these things. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just giving, I'm giving stuff away. I always tell people like, I'm giving things away on Pratdaddy.com. <laughs> my fish tank is literally just leaking. Uh, by the way, was that enemy of the state? <laughs> yes, enemy of the state. There you Thank go. You. Wait, so, you know, before I, I also want to know, you know, I saw the Katie Kerr came to the house and checked out, you know, the hummingbirds with you. Why do you love these hummingbirds so much? So the day Heidi found out she was pregnant, right at our front door in Santa Barbara, there's this hummingbird. It kept on like buzzing my head. I was like, what is this hummingbird doing? Like chill out, like attacking me. And then I looked to the right and there were two little Tic Tac size eggs. And then a couple hours later, I come back out, boom, little baby hummingbirds hatch. I'm like, Heidi, this is God. This is like, you find out you're pregnant and we have baby hummingbirds hatch. So I start Googling like significance of birth and pregnancy and hummingbird eggs and there was all these articles and dimensional things and fairies and i was like oh man this is my spirit animal i gotta tap in on this and start feeding these and then so it started five years ago um, or four years ago now that's all i, I remember we had weintraub on a couple of weeks ago do you remember when he called you I did, I did, I did. I was with us. Oh. I was like, "You really just Facetime me during hummingbird feeding?" You know? like, like, well, if somebody ignores seven Facetimes, like I'm doing something, Weintraub. Like, I, I, I appreciate your manager hustle, but it's like, hello, like I'm ending them. They're like, it's like, but yes. Is there anything? I, can you, have you incorporated the hummingbird stuff with the crystals, like crystal feed, feeders or anything? Because hummingbirds are one of those animals that people love to have in their backyards feeders um, I've, I've looked all that into kind of stuff. that it's just you know right now once i started doing too many things like like with doing the hills like i have a multi-million dollar business i gotta just focus on my crystals and like in the future like i'm never gonna stop feeding hummingbirds so one day definitely i'm gonna have a feeder and it's gonna be but the problem is like a good like if you're a good hummingbird feeder, you have to clean them every day, boiling hot water. Crystals are so fragile. You start putting crystals on your feeders, they're you know are they going to break? Like it becomes a balance of like what's good for the hummingbirds and like what's a good product. So you know so but yeah, I mean I've I sell the hand feeders sometimes, the ones I use. I had it, it was called the Hum Daddy and some punk stole the like everyone keeps sending me these videos of this guy on tiktok dressing up like uh in costumes feeding hummingbirds called the hum daddy i'm like first off i'm proud daddy i sold a product called the hum daddy you made your handle hum daddy you just started feeding hummingbirds making the hats like my mom made me four years ago and now everyone's sending me these like you got to step up your game it's like no i actually like feeding hummingbirds i'm not doing this for views like when i was doing this nobody watched it like i was doing it because it was like oh it wasn't a thing but yeah one more person sends me that fraud i may snap <laughs> <laughs> so last 
quick before we do before we get at it, we do a real quick speed round and just like uh, actually a few, you know, a bunch of quick questions. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, you know, so it's just a speed round. So I'll start here. Um, Spencer, the best restaurant in L.A. Don Antonio's. Okay, most overhyped restaurant in L.A. Oh, speed? That's hard. There's a lot of overhyped restaurants. Um, I don't I don't know about that one because usually they're pretty damn good if they got hype. It's hard. Yeah. People are food critic haters. You wouldn't I, even think like the Ivy? For me, it's the Ivy. Oh, but that's only hype for fame. Like I never thought that was good food. But that, again, hyped. It's like oh, everyone wants to go oh, to the oh, Ivy, oh, and it's like oh, the food's not oh, that good. Yeah, no, I mean, to get, that was to get paparazzi. Like, I'd have never yep. eat there. And actually, it's funny. <laughs> Don Antonio, I actually found out about that restaurant from you, and every time I'm in, I'm in L.A., I go to it because from you. It's, it's, it's I've been going there since I was 13. Yeah, it's interesting. It's that good. Yeah. Uh, place, where you, place where you know you'll always see a celeb in L.A.? Air One. Uh, what is market. it? Air One? Air One has turned Air into One. that. Air yeah. One. Okay. okay. Who's the biggest celebrity uh, fan of yours that you ever met? Besides, I guess Taylor's one. Do you have one that maybe we haven't talked about? I feel like John Sally in the jungle pumped me up more than any famous person. He was my biggest, like, he was like, you're the new, P you're the real P Diddy. You're Diddy. Pratt. Like, so... John Sally pumped me up the most out of anybody I've ever interacted with. Okay. Okay. Best date place in LA. Don Antonio's. No, technically Mastro's Ocean Club. If you get one of the, mm, the, by, the one. by the window with the waves breaking, it's like, I'm like, every time I go, I'm like, dang, this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Let's say your career trajectory wouldn't have let you be a reality TV personality. What would you be doing right now? Uh, directing action films. Cool. Worse, cool, cool. like in Hollywood, or I would have been in whatever, uh, yeah, oh, anywhere. Oh, CIA. They just never, they never came. I was waiting for them at USC every day. I'd be on campus, like I hear they tap you on the shoulder. Uh, <laughs> looking around, I'm like, hello, was, <laughs> Jason Bourne is waiting. Like, <laughs> I, so, uh, it ends up after having a best friend that is in Delta Force and who's been around a lot of CIA. I wouldn't have. It wasn't meant for me. Yeah. It's not a, not the action I thought it was. Okay. Uh, worst celebrity encounter. Oh, that list is Ed Sheeran was surprising. Really? Yeah, I thought he'd be like so nice, and he like tried to have his bodyguards like jump me at Nobu Malibu. Like you're at Nobu Malibu, like outside broad daylight. If you think like I'm not gonna ask, like try to Snapchat with you, like bro, go back to England or Ireland <laughs> or wherever you are. Like get out of here. <laughs> those are the type of famous people i hate like you're a millionaire going to a public spot broad daylight and you're not and i'm being super positive i even sang some of the lyrics of whatever song was popping and you don't be like give me a thumbs up anything and like point to your bodyguard or like try to get me and then i was like what you gonna do bodyguard you can't touch me like they're like straight <laughs> the bodyguard thought i was funny though <laughs> what is the most impressive celebrity house you've been into celebrities letting me in their house that's funny um <laughs> oh well it was david foster's probably for princess of malibu okay malibu casablanca now larry ellison owns it 
Uh, when is the last time you or Heidi has had contact with Lauren Conrad, LC? Um, there was like a weird minute where Heidi was, and then were Heidi and LC were texting when she thought our fake divorce was real and was like all excited and was like texting with Heidi. I was like, no, we just sold that as a story. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was funny. I think mean, what was that? 2010. I don't know. I was like, I was literally sitting right there. That's but, funny. That's hilarious. She was oh. like, come to Laguna like that. I told you, it's like, told you that we were going to be happily ever after and make a lot of money. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, what's the, what's the one food that everyone's into, but you just can't seem to get into? Uni, or I feel like everyone, that's like the, everyone's always posting uni because it's expensive. It's sushi. Yeah. I even eats it. I'm like, sea urchin. I don't know about that. Okay. Okay. Uh, the best burrito in LA. Well, right now, the Proud Daddy burrito, you can order it at Erwan starting yesterday. I saw so, that. Hey. What is in this burrito? It's a breakfast burrito. It's served till 11. Uh, bacon, hash browns, eggs, cheese, uh, avocado. And then it comes with the habanero hot sauce. Almost done, honey. Um, and then it comes on a side with their Erwan habanero hot sauce, which usually is twenty dollars just in a bottle. So that's like that, that was I had to I had to negotiate for that one. Yeah, it's burrito. <laughs> like it's a you're getting your money's worth. It's a big. Oh no, nah, because I need to lose weight. I'm trying to share it with Heidi now. I'm like eat yeah, a few yeah. bites of this. All right, my last Dex. question for you. Yep, would you consider doing a real MMA or boxing fight? Just because that's kind of the thing to do for people right now. Uh, it well no because they don't get paid. Oh my god, you see that? None yeah. of those guys got paid. Oh my god, <laughs> I knew Why? it. Why? Why do it then? Once, I, I think oh, no, that's it, the whole uh, reason uh, to no, do it. Upfront five million. When I read that with Bryce, I was like, that five million dollar contract from Austin McBroom literally should have come with the cash if you're going to go and train for months for that. Talk about that. He it took his momentum. It's like what the Hills did to um. To me, like you, if for you better, if you change, like he was killing it in his game. And then it just became about fight, negativity, tough guy energy when he was just a, like, like, you know, like what, and then it made him negative because, oh, he thinks he's tough and hard. This kid, like I still, and I never fell for it, but I fell back because I felt like he should have stuck to just doing Bryce stuff, not even attaching to that. So yeah, somebody comes with 5 million, like. I'm not going to name a manager, but a manager we all know just called me and he's like, here's, I got this all set up. Da, 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 da. You know, uh, I'm like, great. How much upfront money? He's like, oh, well, the upfront money is this, but the back end, it's all through social. I go, no, like, I'm not going to promote something over four months to imaginary, maybe get some views. Da, 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 da. You pay like, you come with real millions of dollars to like, like, first off, I'm out of shape. I know how much trainers cost to work out every day, to not drink, to not eat good food, to do all, like, all these things you're taking out. I just said no to a reality show in in, uh, in Australia for a half a million dollars upfront, not imaginary, because it would have taken my life away from me for eight weeks. I, I'm not, I value my time more than half a million dollars. I, yeah. that, what am I going to, well, I don't. What am I going to spend that on right now? Burritos? Like, so I got to the point where like, I look at things on like, what's worth my life? Like you want me to leave hummingbirds for, I don't like to go to the, my parents' beach house. Heidi wants to get away. Cause I'm like, I don't get to feed the hummingbirds for two days. Like, 
So my, my priorities are very different. So long story short, yeah, I'll do a lot of things. You show up $5 million cash, but uh, nobody's doing that. Like McGregor just supposedly just walked out for 2 million. So, right. If Conor McGregor's on, obviously he gets real back in, but if Conor McGregor's front end is, I could be wrong, but I heard 2 million. If he's only getting 2 million on front, no one's paying Spencer, any of these imaginary numbers, these guys all talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And those Logan Paul numbers were all made up. Jake Paul number. All these are made up. Everyone's just playing Spencer Lies 2007. Yeah. Hey, fake it till you make but it, right? 2009, I think when I was beating OJ, Casey Anthony, all these people, if this era had happened back then on Most Hated, I think I could have got real $5 million to fight. So I think I missed a huge check. Of, I should have organized that. I should be like, everyone hates me. Which professional fighter do you want to um, do a voting thing and got a UFC fighter? Everyone picks the fighter and then got in a cage and took. I'll never forget when MTV tried to set me up. They had that cage fighter reality show yeah. with that guy that ended up like getting the 50, 150. Yeah, fully like went down. full nuts. Guy. Yeah. And, they, and then I got a call from like the president of MTV Tony Center. He's like, hey, we got a great project for you. I'm like, oh, yeah, what is it, Tony? And he's like, you know, I know you do jujitsu. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so we're thinking you'd be great for the premiere of the cage fighting show. I was like, yeah, because wearing a kimono on nice little mats and doing little techniques is a lot like getting punched in the face by a professional fighter for $15,000. No, thank you, sir. But like, <laughs> sorry, what I should have done and got that idea and like gone to like a Dana White and been like, yo, let's do a spinoff, get all the hated famous people to get knocked out. And then I would have taken a check. Listen, Spencer, I'm, we are your biggest fans. We, uh, we are one of them. I think I, I thank you for being a good guy. I hope people know who you are and you're a business guy and you're smart and you're intelligent. And honestly, you're kicking ass with the crystals. Uh, make sure you check them out at prattdaddy.com. That's P R A T T daddy.com. Uh, and make sure you follow him on all social media platforms. He's one of my favorite followers. He's in, uh, honestly, he's, he's a great guy. And I, Spencer, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. You're kicking ass. It's, uh, thank it's you. an honor and a privilege, man. Thank you so much. Man. Get, get ready. I'm about to try to be famous again for, I'm going for 13 minutes this time. I'm not going for 15, <laughs> but like, I'm about to really go all in. Like the Hills just pissed me off cause they damaged my, I I worked for ten years to rebrand, and, and they're trying to go backwards. They're trying to like make two thousand seven Spencer happen, which isn't happening. Uh, so now I'm mad. So I'm like, oh, I'm about to get more famous than Viacom. Like I'm literally that's my new goal is to literally be more famous than a conglomerate. Like, oh, oh, you were trying to play me? <laughs> okay, wrong, 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 wrong play. Dude, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. Like uh, Adam said, we love you and. Uh, you know, again, we've been reporting on you for years and years and years. So it's finally fun to actually get to sit Boom. and talk with you and kind of dig into your brain a little bit. It's been a fun afternoon, fun, probably one of my favorite interviews, honestly. 100%. Well, thank you for having me. And thanks for buying all those photos at TMZ. <laughs> no problem, buddy. Uh, yeah, I was, dude, I dude. was, I've never had an episode where I was smiling the entire time because it was just great. That was one of my favorite episodes we've ever did. I, I don't know. Uh, I love Spencer Pratt so much. And uh, again, it's just, it's the history there. The history of so many years of him just providing such good content that made my job easy over at TMZ that I have wanted to sit down with Spencer 
legit for years and it finally just happened yeah he's uh it was so good. and he gave us so much so many good story like the brad and angelina story <laughs> about them like selling that phone. i'm like it's those things that you're like i i i thought that was the case but like that was confirmation of it yeah. or taylor swift being a super fan like I love that stuff. He's just honestly, he's hysterical. Like if we did a live show, he's the person I want on the live show. Like he's just funny. Like he, yeah. when you talk to me, you realize, man, this guy is great TV. He's just such a character, but he's, it's really who he is, but he's just, he's funny and he's brutally honest. And uh, I fucking, you know, and, and I, li- I like how much his like hatred is right now for the Hills. Like that's funny. You don't, you don't ever hear people bashing the show that they're on, but he's like, look, this is not, like you guys did me wrong. Like you've screwed me over. You're not letting me capitalize. Like yeah. I love the honesty. It's so good. It's so good. But uh, make sure you uh, check out the uh, video component of this episode. We uh, we put it on YouTube. We also uh, read your reviews on air. So uh, make sure you leave a review. It's the best thing to do to support this podcast and help out with our algorithm is leaving a review. Uh, and you also you could DM us questions. You could call us in questions, and we'll actually give that to the guests. And again, you don't know who the guests are. And that's the fun part about it. We you ask us a random question for some celebrity, and we'll play it on air and ask that to the celebrity. Uh, Dax, what's the hotline? Eight three three H W R line. Eight three three H W R line. Leave us a drunk dial. Leave us a message. Questions, anything. We just like to hear from you guys. So feel free to dial away. I don't care. Leave your McDonald's order. Whatever you want to do, just call us. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you follow the podcast on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Twitter, we're on it all, the Hollywood Raw podcast. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn, G L Y N. You can find Dax Holt at D A X H O L T. I'll see you guys next time. A Media Production.